Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. I am your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about the things that are top of mind as you navigate your career, whether corporate or otherwise. The plan is to get you out of your rut and talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Welcome to The Village. Welcome to this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective, and I am so thoroughly excited. I have Kelly Bradley on this week, and she, talk about a passion project and someone who is truly making an impact for many of us as we age, as our parents age, the kind of things that we have to do. I just, I can't wait for you to hear her story and to get to know her. And I'm going to make sure you guys know how to get in touch with her at the end. So I'm going to introduce Kelly uh, Bradley to you, and then we will get started. So Kelly Bradley, in her early 30s, she began providing care for her mother, who was diagnosed not only with diabetes, but every other complication associated with that awful disease. Through her journey, Kelly realized that there were many other individuals and families in the same situation. This realization led her to own a leading in-home care provider specializing in Alzheimer's and dementia care. Now, after years of providing care to over a thousand families, Kelly wanted to provide more assistance and awareness to caregivers all over the world with the devoted daughter. Kelly's story is truly inspiring, and with over 20 years of experience in senior care, she uses her knowledge and expertise to be a resource for families going through difficult times. She is there as a support system, but also as a leader to help guide you through the entire process. Kelly, welcome to The Rutler's Perspective. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. I'm excited for today. Yeah, me too. Me too. And just in full disclosure, everybody, Kelly and I are actually in the same mastermind group and that's where I met her. And so we started talking and I've given Kelly's name to a lot of people because not only did I want to talk to her because her journey is an important one as we talk about it on the Rutledge perspective about how we get from there to here and how we find our why and how we decide what we want to do, but where she is really exercising her passion and making an impact is really helping caregivers. All of this, not only the sandwich generation, but even if you don't have kids, if you have aging parents, what do you do? So Kelly, let's start with just telling people what you're doing now. Talk to us about The Devoted Daughter. So I founded The Devoted Daughter a couple of years ago, and it's really a resource not only for family caregivers, but professionals as well. Because Mm. like you just said, I mean, who do you talk to? What do you do? And we have so much information available to us now. I mean, the internet is amazing, but (laughs) it almost does you a disservice in some aspects of your life. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know many people who, once they get a diagnosis, they don't go run down that Google rabbit hole. Right. You know, you find yourself in this state of exhaustion and overwhelm, almost worse than you were when you first started that. And so I really wanted to bring resources together, trusted resources for families so that they could apply that knowledge to what was happening to them right now. And that's, that's really the foundation of the devoted daughter. We, I have a private Facebook group as well. We call it the silver lining. And each week I say to people, you know, the group is based on advocacy, support, and awareness because You've got to have those three things to move forward. Mm-hmm. Well, and that is so key. I mean, I especially like, like those three, advocacy, support, and awareness. Because as you said, trying to pull those resources together, if you Google senior care or Google 
you know, Alzheimer's or diabetes or caring for seniors, the stuff you get and can you trust it and what do you do? And what, it, you're right. It immediately puts you in overwhelm. And so that, that, that you've designed something that really gives that awareness that's needed, but also the support, the support right. for those people who are just trying to make it, right? <laughs> and trying to deal emotionally with the fact that they've now got an aging parent who may need extra care to then dive into all of that crud. Oh my gosh, how, how do you handle that, right? How do you handle it? And so how, as you, you were putting this together, you know, you started doing senior care first, you had your own senior care business, but what made you kind of pivot into this space of, I want to focus on the caregivers and how I make that a more, I won't say easier journey, but a more tolerable journey. Well, I think the answer is kind of twofold. You know, it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. So when I started my senior care business 11 years ago, that really, that started with caring for my mom. So it came mm -hmm. out of that personal experience of going, you know, I can see that there's other people that don't have a Kelly to go with them to a doctor's appointments. They don't right. have a Kelly to pick them up. Like, I, I think this is a place where I can help. But mm -hmm. over the span of that 11 years, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this more today, but <laughs> my business changed. And yeah. You know, I, at first I had the time and the resources to be able to go and sit down with families and, you mm -hmm. know, do what was needed. Although maybe that wasn't what I always should have been doing, but if I needed right. to run Costco, I could run to Costco. If exactly. I needed to help somebody out in a pinch, I could help someone out in a pinch. And by mm -hmm. the end of that, I was really just managing rules and regulations and HR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, HR. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I had, the business had changed and my role needed mm -hmm. to shift. And when people would call and ask for help, they, they, they call typically for one of two reasons, either they're just shopping and they're curious mm -hmm. or they have an emergency and they ah. waited too long. And it's like some, someone's in the hospital, someone mm -hmm. had a heart attack, something happened and now they need to take action immediately. Right. And, I would see families come to me and ask the, you know, they're coming at this new and fresh. Mm -hmm. And so the same questions bubble up time and time again. And I was like, you know, families need more than just this in-home care piece. It's so right. much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the sooner yeah. you start, the better off you're going to be. Absolutely. Well, and, and that, that leads to a really good question because I want people to understand kind of this journey because part of what we talk about is, not only what we're doing now and getting to our passion, what our passion is, but the journey we took to do that. So maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your in-home care business that you started and, and take us through that journey to where your business did change and you decided to make that pivot. Okay. So I think, you know, when I first started this, I was just bright eyed and bushy tail, you know, right? Excited, <laughs> you know, so excited to be a new business owner and so excited yes. about my passion of helping other people and, you know, mm -hmm. finding caregivers who are going to be great, a great fit for a family. It was, it was sort of right. all about that. And it was all about the care and the individuals. And mm -hmm. then it started to grow. And as ah. it started to grow, I, you know, you just get busier and busier and you wear so many hats as a small business owner. Yes. And one thing that I think I learned and I love to share with other people is if I could go backwards to that day one of starting the business, mm -hmm. I would really have systems in place because uh. 
trying to put systems in place when you have 75 employees is really mm -hmm. challenging. Yes, <laughs> right, right. Going slow to go fast, right? Thinking yeah. about the yeah. longer term first, right? Because we and get I so excited in the beginning, we just, wanna, we just wanna make it happen and we forget about that infrastructure. Well, and especially in an industry like mine where people need help, you know, yes. you, you, get re, you get in that reactive mode of, oh my gosh, I've got to get this, or Mrs. Mm -hmm. Smith needs her medication and nobody can go get it. Okay, I'm going to go get it, you know, just right. whatever, whatever people need. And mm -hmm. we have so many seniors who were home alone, you know, uh, in the cases we were their family. It's like, mm -hmm. wow, it's going to be 95 degrees today. Who doesn't have air conditioning? Right. You know, make sure that Doris has water and do we need to get Doris a fan or what, is she okay? Mm -hmm. Or she organized, does she have a call? I mean, just a million little things. And those little mm -hmm. things are really important, but right. to grow and really serve the community and your employees and your clients on a bigger scale, you have to have those systems in place so that mm -hmm. you have something to fall back on. Mm -hmm. And how, how do you, how do you balance that, you know, in, in hindsight, right? How do you balance this passion, this heart-led business? Because that's the big thing, especially about women entrepreneurs, is mm -hmm. when we start our businesses, it is truly, for the most part, a heart-driven business. We are, we want to serve, we want to give, right? We want to help people. And how do you balance that, that leading, as I tell people, right? Lead with your heart, but you got to act with your head. If you look in hindsight, how do you do that? Well, I feel like, I really, I didn't have a mentor at that time. Mm. I mean, I was part of a franchise system, but mm -hmm. the support that was given was sort of disjointed and, you know, I needed uh. a lot of the support, but I needed more than that. Mm. And so I think really having, finding that mentor and that work, you know, even if it's just a couple women in your community, right. you know, maybe they're a little further along than you are, but mm -hmm. they can get, kind of give you those cautionary wrote, you know, signs to say, mm -hmm. set up the boundaries, set up the boundaries. Right. Because, right. you know, as my friend, Laurel Rutledge always says, <laughs> ignorance is not an excuse. Right. right? <laughs> exactly. So exactly. just because I didn't know an HR rule and this got me in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't realize that. And it's like, well, we're sorry, Kelly, but you need to write us a check for $45,000. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you guys hear that? $45,000. Yeah. yeah. You know, we yes. know you didn't intend to do this. We know you're not out there, you know, trying to break the rules, mm -hmm. but we're so sorry. You still need to write us this check. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's so important, Kelly, because you and I've had this conversation before, right? About we start these businesses, we, we, and we're moving so fast, but taking that time to say, you know what? I don't know what I don't know. And let me at least ask the question, right? But we get so caught up in our tornado of just making stuff happen and building the business and hiring employees and being excited and that we forget to pause and just ask the question. And so what would you say if, if, if you're talking to someone who is either in their business as they're growing it now, right? Or thinking of starting, how do you have that courage to just say, you know what? I don't know what I don't know. So I don't even know what questions to ask, but I probably should ask somebody something. How would you tell people to just, just do that? Well, I think one of the things that, you know, I really wished I would have looked at and 
it kind of speaks to the courage is mm-hmm. I gave away some of my power in hiring um, someone who was able to, you know, run a system that I didn't know how to run. Mm-hmm. And then I got nervous about that when I needed to terminate that person. Right. It's like, but I don't know how yes. to do that. So mm-hmm. it's sort of about building within and, and not, you don't have to announce it, but it's like, mm-hmm. okay, if, you know, Susie Smith goes away tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, what will I do? What's my plan? So always right. having kind of that backup plan. And then I think that in a way it's about confidence because uh-huh. I would find myself getting backed into a corner a little bit thinking mm-hmm. or overwhelm, right? Okay. Oh, if I yes. lose that person that I've trained for two years, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be so overwhelmed. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. cross training and it's building the, I guess the environment and the culture is a better word right. from right. the very beginning. And if somebody doesn't want to be a part of your culture and what you're creating and they don't have the same vision, then it's like they need to go away really quickly before they, yes. you know, get their tentacles into other employees and start causing yes. undercurrents of problems. But yes. You know, for me, I wanted to every, when I would come to work, I would look at, you know, see the sign on the door and think to mm-hmm. myself, this is my business. This is my, I built right. and I wanted to feel proud and I did, mm-hmm. but there were days when I'd walk in there and I think, I don't want to see so-and-so. I don't even want to deal oh. with this nonsense. Yes. And yep. every employer is going to have some of that, mm-hmm. but I think if mm-hmm. you start to build the culture and you recognize it quickly when someone's not a fit right. and I had a, um, one of my bosses say to me one time, you know what, Kelly, no matter what happens, just leave people with their dignity. Yes. Yes. You know, you can be disappointed in their actions. You can be disappointed in whatever you can be just stay calm and leave people with their dignity. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's all you can do really. Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on two key things, you know, a, a number of key things, but two that really stood out to me, which is one, don't wait so long and be so afraid to remove someone from your organization, because that's one of the key, one of the top five mistakes that I found that, that leaders make, right, in building their business is being afraid or moving too slow when there really is someone who's not a fit or is causing problems in your organization. And the other one is, when you're so excited about your business and there's stuff that you love about the business and there's stuff that you don't like, or you don't know, being so quick to, to, to hire that person and just say, Oh, they got it. Right. And just kind of wash your hands. You don't, you can't do everything yourself and you can't be involved in all of the details and grow your business, but you need to have enough of a knowledge or enough of a, a hand in it. So you, so you don't get caught in that situation where you're like, Oh, Oh, I need to let them go, but I can't because now they know everything. I don't know anything or, you know, I, I've got to figure out that they're, I find out later that they're doing all this stuff I didn't want them to do because I wasn't paying attention. Right. So, so I really want you guys to hear what Kelly said as she was building in this experience that she had of, it is really important. It's not unkind to be clear. And if someone is not working, you can treat them with dignity. You can treat them with dignity and still say, you know, I think it's just time for us to, to part ways at this point, you know, and, and still mm-hmm. maintain their dignity and your business. It's not unkind to be clear. And it's not unkind to say, we got to separate at this point, right? Well, and I think the other thing is to be the consistency of showing up. And yes. if, you've, if you've set objectives and measurement tools, if you need a report every week, 
and you're not getting the report every week, then you need to hold that. It's your job as the leader to hold them accountable. You have to hold them accountable. Oh, Kelly, you are singing. You are singing my song <laughs> because, because that is so hard. I mean, I've just had this conversation with so many people. In fact, just talked about it on the radio show last week and this week again, which is, again, it's not unkind to be clear. It is your responsibility as the leader to say, here's what I want. Here are my expectations. Here's when I need it. And then hold people accountable for that. It's not unkind. What is unkind is to not be clear and then punish someone for something that you weren't clear about. And then you're irritated and they're irritated. And it's just a whole kerfuffle, right? So please listen to what Kelly is saying. Set those expectations, be clear about them and hold people accountable. It's not unkind to be clear. It's not unkind to be clear. And, you know, these conversations, I think, I mean, as much as we can now, these are conversations we should have in person. Yes. Yes. So, you know, having those, having weekly meetings, one of the things that I always thought was interesting when I um, would bring my team together each week to set our objectives and our goals and review mm -hmm. the week prior and any issues we'd had, et cetera, was just the interaction between the individuals in the room. Yes. Because you really start to see like, where's the tension? Who's, mm -hmm. who's irked at whom? Who's right. asleep at the wheel? You know, not. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, who's the first one to jump up and go, oh, I'll go answer that phone in the other room. It's like, they just want to get the heck out of there. Right. Yes. Trying yes. to fly under the radar, so to speak. And right. You know, it's, it's, it's important to have the team together as much as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And in this mm -hmm. zoom environment, it's hard. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and, and it's important to, to at least have the Zoom, right? At least see people's faces. Oh, yeah. Because if you can't yes, be yes. in person, do this. Don't just get on the phone. I always said the best communication ideally is face-to-face, -face, then ear-to-ear, -ear, then email, right? But face-to-face, -face, because you can, like you said, you can read body language, you can see tone, you can, you get so much more when it's face-to-face. -face. And, and, and even, even more so if you're doing video conference, at least that's better than phone right? Which is much yes. better than email. So yes. really take that time. So, so as you, as you got ready and started doing this business and really, you know, you built it up to this strong business and you've got all these clients and you got 75 plus employees and now you're putting in systems. What was that moment where you said, you know, this isn't it anymore. And, and this is what I really want to do. And I need to now make a change. What was kind of that turning point for you? Well, I think, you know, it's like I built it up and we were the fastest growing franchise one year. And this is, this is after my mom had passed away mm -hmm. and I was able to put a little more time and energy into my day to day. And once I hit that, ta -da, I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, All right. I did it. You know? Right. Right. And then I wasn't challenged anymore. I mean, in, mm -hmm. in the same, I wasn't driven in the same way. But right. I kept work and, and I started allowing, and I, cause, because I had to, I had to start putting more of the client interaction piece onto different employees. Yeah. So I wasn't going out and seeing people in their homes. I wasn't interacting as much with clients and that's really my strength. Yeah. And I missed yeah. that. Mm -hmm. So I started to feel like this isn't, and I think a lot of small business owners, you know, you it's so easy to kind of run back to the bottom because it's like, oh, I can, I can fix that right now. Right. Instead of, you know, elevating yourself, but still staying connected. So I, I felt disconnected from the mission. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
that's what really led me to the devoted daughter. And I kept thinking about, you know, what, what are the most commonly asked questions? And also I was in a franchise environment, so I could only work with people in certain zip codes. Ah. really limiting my ability to spread my message and to work mm-hmm. with people across the board. Right. And I knew that families needed more. Mm-hmm. It's just, there are so many little things along the road that right. can make such a big difference. So I think that was my big aha was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I got here. I did this. Yeah. I built it. And now I want to do more. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, I think business owners often get there, especially when you, as you said, one of the things you talked about is becoming, yes, you're a business owner, but how do you operate like that CEO, right? How do you really run this business? And which, where, do you, where do you sit now in your hierarchy, right? As you begin to build it. But that ownership of knowing when it's time, you know, mm-hmm. knowing when it's time, that it's not just, oh, this is just a period, you know, it's just a growth period, but truly knowing when it's time, yeah, there's more there's more and being okay with making that decision. And how, how did you, how did you get okay with that? That, you know, you spent all, a lot of time and a lot of resources to build this up. How did you get okay with saying, you know what, it, it, it really is time. I really am passionate about doing more. I think it was just, it was finding the person who I could hand it over to, mm. you know, I, and I struggled with it for a long time. I remember mm-hmm. having conversations with different people on, okay, I'm going to sell the business. I'm going to sell the business. Right. <laughs> stalling. I mean, I stalled for a year before yeah. I actually said, okay, this is it. Like mm-hmm. I am, I'm going to take the next step. And I think right. there was a little bit of frustration there and burnout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to transition effectively into that CEO role in the organization that I had built. And Mm. I have myself to blame for that, right? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I'd learned enough that I could take what I'd learned and make that, make a really positive difference for families in a much bigger way. So I just kept Mm -hmm. looking at it thinking, you know what, this is a bigger opportunity. And I'm not going to lie, it's been really hard. It's really tough to build a brand, to start over because when you're running a home care company and this, it wasn't this way initially, but people would say, well, what do you do? And I, I'd say, Oh, I run a, an in-home care company. And they were like, Oh, that's really neat. We have, we have yeah. that kind of support for my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And now I, you know, say, well, I, I own the devoted daughter. I'm the founder of this organization, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, so what do you do exactly? Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, there's some, there's work to be done around that and mm-hmm. tightening up of the message and mm-hmm. it takes time. Yeah, it does. And as you said, it's that finding people around you as you have those conversations, because you selling your business, you know, me when I was leaving corporate, because you also have those people who are like, are you crazy? You've yeah. got this thing that's working really well. What do you mean you're going to sell it? You know, or what do you mean you're leaving that job and being really, and, and some of it you think, well, maybe I am crazy. Maybe I need to stay, right? So that, that whole fluctuation until you really get deep into no. This mm-hmm. really is what I need to do. And all of that experience, as you said, I, I, I wasn't, the kind of, wasn't able to really move into that CEO role, but here's what I learned that I'm able to take to it. And so those failures are not the end of the world. Those, those failures are those stumbles, right? Or those, those difficult times build us into 
the the leader that we ultimately become, right? To follow our passion. And so, so I encourage all of you that are listening, one, follow your passion, right? Don't let someone else tell you what your passion is. Cause as Lisa Nichols says, you know, they're not going to believe it as much as you do because God didn't give it to them. He gave it to you. So don't let someone talk you out of your passion, but also believe enough in yourself and understand that it's not just flipping the switch. It's not easy, but passion, following your passion never is right. But it is passion, right? It's passion. And that makes it, that makes the journey, the hard journey a little bit easier to go with the heart because it is what you love to do. So, so now you're, you've moved into the devoted daughter and I want to talk a little bit more really about, cause you also wrote a book during this time. So you're like running a business, you're taking care of your mom before she passed away. You're also just because I know you, you also are taking care of your dad. You write a book, you start this business, you know, <laughs> talk about this, what this real passion is. Cause you said it's really about the caregiver, but let's, let's focus on that because it's not, necessarily in-home care person. It's not necessarily the, the, the mother or the father, but it's that person who is having to make those decisions. What is it about that person that came to you that said, that's where I can help. That's where I think the need really is. Yeah. And, you know, before this pandemic happened, there was starting to be some focus on, you know, on large companies, medium and large size companies who had employees that were actually also spending 20 to 30 hours a week as caregivers outside of yes. work. And yes. um, it, now they've got additional responsibilities. So this problem has not gotten better. It's actually gotten right. worse. And yes. I, would, I would imagine that the ability for the employer to manage their folks is also very challenging too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. you just keep adding these layers of things on top, but it's that it's it's a couple people it's the family caregiver the person who gets up day in and day out and sort of suffers in silence right yeah so yeah. It's that person who goes to work and they really don't talk about being a caregiver because mm-hmm. you know it doesn't really match up with i'm the best team leader in my company I'm right or rock stars they don't want to sort of have that shadow cast on them to, to have their manager or the senior people thinking, well, you're not going to be able to balance all of this. And then they doubt their abilities at work. So they don't talk about it much. Mm-hmm. So it, there are a lot of people that live in, you know, they just do it in silence. They just do right. what they have to do to get through it. But there's also those professional caregivers, those people uh-huh. that we hire day in and day out. And there's about a 70% turnover rate in those mm. that workforce. And yeah. a lot of folks work for multiple different companies. And it was really, it's really look, I've looked at so many of them and just thought you're, I mean, they're caregivers for a reason. They have such big yeah. hearts. Yes. They, they don't ha- always have the skills or the tools that they need. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the answer to this, but I've seen, and especially now, and companies are doing the right thing, trying to train their employees better, trying to make sure that they have the information they need. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it's the online training doesn't connect for a lot of folks. Right. So think about right. being in a home environment where you're taking care of someone and you know a little bit, but not that much. And then mm-hmm. something happens with the medications and you're not sure what to do. Yes. There isn't 
a way to have a mentor or someone you can ask the question or, I mean, or you don't even feel comfortable because you think if you ask a question, you're going to get fired. Right. Because you didn't right. know or you screwed up or something. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's trying to support those people who are going to be taking care of the 10,000 people that are turning 65 every day. 10,000 a day. Right. It's staggering, Kelly. Staggering. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, dementia is the syndrome. Alzheimer's is just the most common form of dementia. Right. But, you know, by 2050, we're going to spend over a trillion dollars on dementia care. If oh, there, wow. And right now there is no cure. It's a fatal disease and there is no cure. Right. So right. these caregivers that, you know, are family caregivers or higher care, private duty is what they're mm -hmm. referring to um you know they need that support and that training right right in 2017 so i think it was 18 million or billion hours mm -hmm. of unpaid care in the u.s alone oh my god yeah unpaid care so it's costing us wow i mean right and and typically it's women who walk away from their jobs absolutely you know? Absolutely. You know, they've right. gone to school, they have the education, they're in a successful mm -hmm. career, something happens to a family member, and who's the first person to walk? Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's because we have the heart to do that, but still, and then you're back in that cycle, right? How do you take care of you and take care of your kids and take care of your spouse or your partner and you know, your aging parent or your aging aunt or your, how, how do you do it all and survive? And know all those key little pieces. Cause as you said, there's so much, I remember you, you, um, I was listening to one of your podcasts and then even we talked about it in, in an event and you were saying there are so many intricacies when someone goes into the hospital that yep. if you don't do these steps, that has consequences down the line for their care. And if you don't know that, and you're just trying to say, Oh my gosh, I've got to get them to a hospital and you just go, mm -hmm. what have you done? Right. And, and again, ignorance may not make you write a check, so to speak, for a fine, but it may cost you not only money, but lots of time and potentially quality of care. Right. So the number three cause of third leading cause of death in the U.S. Mm -hmm. is medical errors. Mm. Mistakes in the hospital. So guess what? In many places right now, you can't go to the hospital with your parent. Yes. Yes. Oh, you it just makes my heart hurt. Yeah, you can't be there. Yeah. You know, you can't yeah. go visit your family member in a rehab center. You, you're mm -hmm. not allowed in. Right, right. And I believe, you know, and we, you and I have had this conversation too. I believe that most caregivers, they, as you said, they are people with heart. They do this for a reason. There's a passion for that. The same thing with, with, with people who work in hospitals. The majority of people work in hospitals because it was their, their drive, their passion to, to make people well, right? I, the, one of my, the movies that I love, people will talk. It's like, I make sick people well, right? It's one of the things <laughs> yeah. that they love. You know, I, and I love that statement. And at, at, especially having had this as personal experience, you have to have an advocate in the hospital because they are understaffed. They are overworked. They may be looking at a wrong chart or something. And I had that happen when my mom was just having surgery and I had someone come in about to give her a medication that she absolutely did not take that could have been catastrophic. And had I not been there, mm -hmm. I, 
you know, and so like, as you, as you said, now in this pandemic, we can't be there. So mm-hmm. how do you not only manage kind of your stress of that situation, but how do you advocate for your person that's in and advocate for yourself to say, I understand the rules, but we're going to have to figure out how to just make this work because they cannot be there by themselves. Whether you have to get a power of attorney, you have to get something, you know, to, to make sure that you can be there because it is in their best interest and yours to be there. And that's one of the things I love about, you know, your, your private Facebook group that you've done, the silver lining is really providing that information to people about here are the things you really need to look out for. And here's some, some things for you to think about. And here's some tools that you can use because there's so much out there. And in the middle, we're just in pain. We just got to figure out how to, how to fix it. And, and to be able to go to a resource like what you've created and have that more readily at our fingertips is just, just incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. And I'm just, I can't advocate for you enough. So, so you guys, I'm just going to admit my bias because <laughs> what Kelly has put together and what she has done and her passion for this is just, it's like nothing I've ever seen. And, and I have so many people that are in this situation. I know so many people that are in this situation and, and to have a resource like Kelly who not only has, I mean, true resources and tools and knowledge and expertise, but also as you've heard through how she's been talking, the passion and the heart to really get to caregivers, both professional and family caregivers, what is needed to at least take that stress away. Because you're not going to eliminate all the stress, but at least if you can chip away at the pieces, maybe you can go a few more hours that day, right? Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard. And so, so what would you say if you were, if you were going to talk to someone who is, whether they're a professional caregiver or a family caregiver, what are like the top three things that you would tell them to do right now to get themselves in a place where they can manage their situation of having to really be focused on giving care to this person? So the first thing is you need to look at the situation with complete honesty. Mm. You need to be completely honest. And I know that that can be hard because we wish things weren't this way, or we wish our parents didn't make that decision a year ago, or Mm -hmm. we wish we hadn't found ourselves in whatever scenario. I mean, Mm -hmm. we just have to kind of put that aside and look at what we've got with complete honesty. And the second thing is that once you've established that you can do that, Mm-hmm. And, and you might not be able to fully do it all at once. Maybe this, right. this, this takes time because it's like, you've got to be accepting of it as well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. step two is then really looking backwards and saying, where were we a year ago? Mm. Where were we six months ago? Where were we three months ago? And where are we today? Mm-hmm. And although we can't change the past, we can learn from that and start to accept what we have. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is don't be people up for what they can't do for what's lost. Uh, you know, just say that them. again, Kelly, don't beat people up for what they can't do for what's lost. That's important. Yeah. You, know, you need to meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know, especially with someone who's living with a dementia related illness, that's really tough mm-hmm. because, you know, they ask you the same question 5,000 times. There's, there's different things yes. that happen that are really frustrating and mm-hmm. it wears on you, right? It just starts yes. to wear you down, but the person is doing the best that they can. Right. And so you just have to recognize the disease 
-hmm. And I think that that exercise that I spoke of is really, I mean, that's one of the keys is going backwards and establishing that timeline Mm -hmm. and noticing that change and noticing what was your response to them during that time? And then what can you do now to make that better? Mm -hmm. That is so important. I mean, that, that even makes me emotional because if you think about it, that, that frustration, right? It's someone, as you said, you know, asking the same question, um, not remembering things that they should remember. It's, it's when that, that flips, right? And you now become the parent to your parent mm-hmm. and that pressure. And then, you know, and you're in that disappointment and that frustration, there's also so much sadness in that, right? It's grieving. Oh, yeah. it's so as lost. you said, that honesty, yeah. Loss. Oh, that loss, yeah. that loss and owning that because it really is a loss. They're mm-hmm. still there with you, mm-hmm. but it's, they're not the same person that they were, right? right? And so you still have a loss of what was, a loss of what you loved, right? A loss of what you remember. And it's and it, and owning that, I love that, just being honest, just yeah. being honest. Because I mean, there's even, power in that honesty. Yeah, and even if it's not a, you know, a, a mental loss, even if it's mm-hmm. just, you know, a lot of people just, I can't do the things that I once could. And right. <laughs> In my head, I think, oh, I can do that double flip off the diving board. Right. Myself, you know? Right, right. You know, you think that you can. And Mm -hmm. our parents do the same thing. It's like, oh, I can get up on the ladder and clean those gutters. No, 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 not a good idea. You know? Yeah. Yes. So we all do it. We just do, you know, we're just in different phases of our lives. Absolutely. And those, what I like about what you said in the, in the conversations we've even had before, and what I love about what you've put together with, with Silver Lining is even the simple, like, simple things like, okay, when I go back and look over the last year, the last six months, the last three years, what has happened, now I can recognize something simple. It's about time to have that conversation about taking the keys, about not mm-hmm. driving anymore, which eliminates independence, right? And that is one of the hardest discussions because I remember before my grandmother passed away, my grandmother passed away at 83. And I remember sitting down with my mom and my brother and saying, I go over to her house and ride with her every once in a while because it's getting to be about that time. And I was dreading having to yeah. have that conversation because she, that was her independence. I mean, she was all over town and that's how she connected with people was to get in her car and drive. But when I'm in the car with her and she's like in the middle of the road or on the other side because her depth perception is off or she's so worried about the people behind her getting too close that she's in the middle of the intersection. And so I, I, you know, like I'm a nervous wreck in the car with her. And yet knowing at some point you just have to put your big people pants on and it's like for her safety and for the safety of other people around her. Yes we're going to have to have that conversation and we're going to have mm-hmm. to take the keys and don't know what that's going to be like, but you know, and, and being able to have someone like you, Kelly, who has been through that and who has had those conversations and can walk us through, here's the things you need to think about. Here's some things, you know, to talk about in that conversation. Here's to talk about power of attorney, you know, taking the keys, um, not exercising anymore, not getting on the gutters. It's, it's those having that courage and that strength and that support, that support to say, yeah conversation. You're not the only one that's ever had to do it. And here's some things we've learned, right. To maybe help and, and to get some support. So it's just, you're not in this alone, right? The caregivers are not in this alone. Well, and that's the, that's one of the keys is you don't have to do it alone. And in fact, to that, I, what I've been working on lately is a group 
group workshops. Oh, good. Yeah, so people can come together and there'll be a limited number of folks so that we can be productive. Right. But they can bring their questions. And, you know, even if it's like, I, my mom has this policy, I'm not sure what it is. Okay, let's dive in and figure it out. Okay, mm -hmm. this is who we need to call. Let's get this done now. So it's right. not a situation where, because I think caregivers are already overwhelmed. So yes. my hope is to take some of the burden off of their shoulders mm -hmm. and say, let's get this done together. I don't want you to yes. feel like you're leaving with a to-do list. And then let's also oh, create a not to-do list. Because ah. things that you should not be doing. Yes, yes. I love that. It's just like strategy. It's mm -hmm. simple. Stop. What are you going to stop? What are you going to start? What are you going to continue? Mm -hmm. Stop doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Just stop it. But here's the stuff you got to get done. Right. And it just yeah. taking things off the plate and saying, mm -hmm. it's okay to take it off. Yeah. Oh, you know, what a relief, what mm -hmm. a relief. Cause, cause I think the power of this workshop that you're talking about doing will also be helping people understand one, not leaving with a to-do list. That's really powerful, Kelly. We're going to get this done in this workshop. You're going to leave all these things that are on your list. These are the ones we're going to take off because they're not important. This is the stuff we're going to do. And when you leave, it's done. So you can move yep. on to the other thing. That's powerful. That's yep. powerful. You know, invest this time, you get it done. Beneficial for folks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as, as we kind of pull this together, and before I get, get you to tell people kind of how to, to, to get in touch with you and to, to become part of this Facebook group, what is the, the, you talked about kind of the three pieces. I asked you about the three pieces for caregivers to really think about in general for your journey and moving into your passion and, and deciding what to do. And, and, and now being in this space where, where you're really able to be who you are and really give of everything that you have. What is the key piece of guidance that you would give to someone who is maybe in that, that process? Either they're trying to figure out whether they're going to open their own business or they're, they're loving what they're doing in corporate, but they feel like there's more. What is your key piece of guidance on people who are really making their way? They're might, maybe at that, that pivot point right now. They know something's changing, but they don't know what. I think get prepared. Mm. You know, don't just jump That's off. Good. You know, don't just you know, say I'm done, I'm frustrated, or I, you know, I need to, I need to sell or I need to exit or I need to really mm -hmm. try to think it through and get put together a plan. I and you know, the plan, you might not, you're not going to know it because it changes and shifts. Even yes. um, through writing my book, the name mm -hmm. of my company started as the oldest sister. Yes. I and, remember that. Yeah. yeah. And as I was writing the book, and this was like, as I was selling the company, mm -hmm. I realized, you know, this isn't about becoming a sis. This isn't about being a sister. It's about being a yeah. daughter. And so yeah. the name of the book is always her daughter. Mm -hmm. And through that process, it allowed me to kind of think through, reflect back on my journey and really think mm -hmm. through and strategize. Okay. How, how should this look for families? If I were going through this today, you know, yeah. what, what would I want? How could someone have helped me go through what I went through with my own family? So I, love it. I guess to answer your question, just really don't, don't get in a hurry. Really just be thoughtful. Yes. And, you know, everybody has bad days, especially mm -hmm. our challenges <laughs> when they're yes. running a small business. And right. so try to take a step back. And even if you just need to take, you know, 
cut your work week down to four days a week and say, okay, yes. fifth day, I'm going to rest and try to reflect mm -hmm. on what I really want and what my next steps are. So if you yes. can carve out time to think about that next phase versus mm -hmm. just running into it, I think that that's a, a good way to go about it. I love that. I love that. So now how do people work with you, get in touch with you, take advantage of all of this information you have for them? So um, I have a website called thedevoteddaughter.com. Awesome. And right on the front page of the website, you can click there to join the silver lining. And so awesome. it's the easiest way to start to connect with me on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. like live every Wednesday. And okay. then you're going to see resources coming up about the workshop. And what I'll do, Laurel, is um, send you a link to a free webinar that I put together. Perfect. So your listeners can have that, take a look at it. If they're interested in moving forward with a workshop, yeah. there'll be information about how to do that there. Wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. And I would, I would also encourage you guys, if you have a small business and, or even a, a, a mid-sized business, and you're really looking at how you can, um, take care of your employees as we think about what perks can we get, what things can we do to take care of people, especially now in this COVID thing and people working at home and really being surrounded by family all the time and, and all of the other things that have been happening recently where people are also dealing with just showing up as who they are in the workplace and feeling safe. Some of the things that you can do is really around this kind of benefits and wellness space. And I would encourage you to really think through, look at your employee population. If this is something that you're seeing more in your employees, reach out to Kelly, go to this webinar. I'm going to post this when we, when we put up the, the podcast. So when you're, if you're listening to this, you will see this in the notes to get to this free webinar, reach out to her, see if there's a way you can put together a workshop for your employees that would just give them one more thing to take some stress off. I, you will be, you will be happy that you did and your employees will thank you for it. It's one less thing they have to worry about and one more way you're showing compassion and care for them. So really consider doing that. Kelly, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you for spending your day with me um, through all of our Zoom stuff <laughs> and getting it all working. So I'm believing it still says recording, so I'm believing it's gonna be here and it's gonna be great. Um, I, just, I, I just love what you're doing so much and I appreciate it so much and you are, you are really making an impact and you are the epitome of living your passion and servant leadership and making that happen. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Relish Perspective. You're welcome. Thank you. Have an awesome day. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We're going to post this soon and we will see you on the next episode of the Relish Perspective. Take care. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please give us a five-star rating. You can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com slash podcast, and you can subscribe to the show where you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. Oh, and if there's someone you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutledge perspective, please pass it along. Thank you for tuning in.